0: This is one on one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. Welcome into another edition of WFUV's five on three podcast. Alongside Mike Messina, I'm Chris Hennessy. Coming to you, we are recording this on Tuesday, the 23rd. Uh, the last about 72 hours have been. Extremely newsworthy uh, in the NHL world and not exactly in positive PR ways. Um, so we'll start right off the bat, Mike, with um, Rangers superstar Artemi Panarin uh, is taking a leave of absence from the team. Uh, just he comes back. He's helping. <clears throat> he just gets healthy. Rangers win a couple of games and then this bomb drops on Monday morning. Um, we can talk about how it affects the Rangers, but... If you have not heard, if you've been living under a rock for the last 36 to 48 hours, um, Artemi Panarin has been very outspoken against Russian President Vladimir Putin. And now there's a political hit piece that everybody pretty much believes is false about assaulting an 18-year-old girl in Latvia in 2011. Um, But he takes a leave of absence from the team and obviously his safety and his family's safety is the first... uh, and main, main concern here.
1: Yeah, Chris, you said it, uh, I think perfectly the hit piece that that's been put out on him that no one really believes. Um, this guy I was reading has done this many times. He has put out these pieces multiple times to get people accused of stuff they didn't do. And I, 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 frankly, I think it's sad that this has even came this far one. It happened 10 years ago. That's no excuse. though. if it did happen, obviously, repercussions should be met and i'm sure they will be if it tends to be true however um from what i'm seeing from all the proof and other players coming out and even talking on it that the allegations are completely false and and it it really confuses me on why this is just being being brought to light now i know he had that i believe it was instagram post on in the middle of january Mm -hmm. that went against vladimir putin like like you said and it, it it just doesn't really make sense to me on why uh yes yeah, yesterday right yeah why yesterday this news is finally breaking and that it, it's such an issue as it is knowing that it could be false and i understand him taking the leave of absence i feel like that's the right thing to do the rangers put out a statement that was pretty straightforward as it's false all the allegations are not true we don't believe it we're here for him we have his back which i think is it is great that they acted so quickly because I know with the Kandre Miller situation over the zoom call a couple months ago, they did not react so quickly. So I'm happy, I'm happy they jumped the gun and, and reacted quickly and put out that statement. However, you have to start thinking about the safety of his family, yeah. he, him and the, him and the team said that his, his family could be in, in a good amount of danger, which is very unfortunate and I'm really hoping for the best, but it's, it, it's sad that, that this story is coming, coming about how it is. and. Right now, I obviously, I believe it's, it's false information, as we can all hope so, because the story is very sad. But, man, I it, it's crazy that, that the Ranger season is just going downhill day after day after day.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I think if you want to learn more about the story, the piece is, I should say piece is plural, to read her from Molly Walker in the New York Post, she has two out that kind of outline the main characters, if you will, in this crazy, ridiculous story, um, the main characters obviously are Panarin and Putin. And the third one is a former head coach of his, Andre Nazarov, who told the Russian media outlet about this allegation. Nazarov is a known supporter of Putin. He's looking to get a job potentially in the Russian Hockey Federation. So there's obviously some, some you know, ulterior ulterior motives if you will behind that um i think another interesting thing is that this guy artemi panarin you know he's 29 years old and until recently he had played in columbus and yeah he put together some great seasons but no way is he the name or the face that that alex or even sergey fedorov or pavel datsuk are Uh, he's a phenomenal player don't get me wrong but he's not those, those those kind of faces and especially ovech and i don't want to get onto like a political debate and i don't want to you know make fun of people for their political leanings but alex ovechkin is an extremely pro-putin person that's been pretty pretty uh known known since he got here and since um since he's been extremely famous uh here in the united states that he is pro-putin and <clears throat> Basically, it's Artemi Panarin and Nikita Zadorov from Colorado, who are the anti-Putin people in the NHL or in American sports in general, because there aren't a lot of Russian players in any other sports. Um, so for Panarin to be this spotting superstar in the biggest city in the country and say all and there is a YouTube video of an interview he did in July of 2019. That is, I mean, he's not hiding from anybody or anything and good for him. I mean, obviously his safety is now in, in question. um, And he has to take a leave of absence and nobody really knows where he's going to be for the next couple of weeks, but um, there is no denying what Panarin's thoughts are. And um, it sucks that it has to come to this, but um, he'll be away from the Rangers for at least the next two weeks.
1: Yeah, and I was reading the Russian article yesterday morning that came out. I don't even really know who it was by, to be honest with you, but I translated it, and now now it's all over the internet. It's out there, and it was a game where Panarin didn't play well, and he didn't. I don't think he had any points, no goals, anything like that. And him and his teammates went to the hotel bar afterwards. And the and the article said he sent the 18 year old citizen of Latvia to the floor with several powerful blows. I mean, to make an accusation like that if it comes out to be that it it's false and it's inaccurate, it's just so disheartening and that person should be accounted for and they should be charged. in, in, in a, cause I, I consider this a crime. You can't, you can't spread rumors about someone sending an 18 year old girl to the floor with powerful blows. If that's never happened, that, that is in my mind, just as wrong as actually doing it, if it didn't happen. And if that's the case, something needs to happen to him and, and he should not be able to get a job in any in in, in any league no matter if it's here or in Russia he 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 should be completely amended of that right in order to do so and if it does come out to be true that that's a whole whole nother situation that we'll have to talk about of the NHL as a whole really not doing their due diligence and looking into these players in their past and going like Doing a deep dive into their life before they came to the states to play in the NHL, but as of now, the only thing we can really believe it is that it's false because that's what everyone's saying, along with his statement and the Ranger statement as a whole. So we we really have to see where it goes from here.
0: Yeah, this guy uh, who you're speaking about is Andre Nazarov, former NHL player with the Sharks, Tampa Bay, Calgary, Anaheim, Boston phoenix and minnesota in 571 nhl games scored 53 goals and had 1409 penalty minutes um he now works in russia obviously he was our team coach about 10 years ago and that's where this stems from so um and i i agree with you mike if if it if there was even a glimmer of of reality in this that there will like if anybody backed up the story if it anything like that. I think we're having a completely different conversation right now, but right now the conversation is about Panarin and his political leanings and his anti-Putin stances. And, and it's unfortunate that it has to come to this, but I mean, good for him for, for taking a stand and now for taking his own and his family's safety into account because um, it, it, it's, it could, it could get ugly, um, no doubt, but We'll see. I, I would, I'm interested to see um, if there's any statements from any other NHL players, specifically Nikita Zadorov, who he hasn't necessarily, and I've learned all of this in the last 24 hours, by the way. I'm not like a pro on Russian hockey players' political leanings. This is all uh, just like social media research. He hasn't been as outspoken as Panarin, but he's kind of like commented on posts and liked posts and like just saying like, yeah, man, like good for you but not as outspoken as he is. And that's kind of it. So I'd be interested to see if Ovechkin has anything to say. If a guy like, you know, if there's if it, and we have quotes from Ryan Strom and from other Ranger players, but <clears throat> I'm interested to see what the response from Russian players in, and in the NHL is. And even Igor Shosturkin, I'd be interested in that as well. So we'll see if any of that comes out, but um, just your final thoughts before we move on to uh, the outdoor games.
1: Yeah, it, it's just super unfortunate that he has to take a leave of absence for the team, obviously. But the bigger concern is his family. His grandparents live there, and other family members as well. And I mean, everyone's worried about their grandparents. That they're, they're much older than all of us. So, so to to be to have to worry about them, not even living in the same country, thinking something could possibly happen to them because of his political stance it, is just crazy to me. And that's something that I don't think. Not him, not me, not you, not anybody should have to deal with or think about the potential threat to a family member just because of just political leanings. I don't really understand that, but I have seen a lot of journalists and other media members come out from Russia, like respected Russian journalist Slava Malamud, as described. Nazarov as mentally unstable due to several meltdowns behind the bench throughout his coaching career. And that's not really the only time I've seen this since yesterday. A lot of journalists are coming out saying that he's done this before. He's doing this to not not only hinder someone else's career, but to jumpstart his career even further than it is. So it, it it's just a big joke, and, and and I really can't wait to see. What the outcome of this is, obviously, if it comes to be true, I would have to think both of our, both of our beliefs will change dramatically. But as of right now, I I mean, I I don't see any reason to believe that, that this is true. And I'm fully supporting Panarin and I do think he has to go take care of his family. Family comes before hockey. So I support him in that. It's just unfortunate that it's happening now when the Rangers really need to start winning some games and, I,
0: I, I just
1: can't tell where the season is going to end up now for the Rangers.
0: Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And Obviously, we'll have an update if there is an update next week um, and for the weeks following. Um, the lead story before Monday morning in the NHL was the disastrous weekend that um, the league had at Lake Tahoe. Um, as we all know, the outdoor games happen Saturday and Sunday. And originally, they were scheduled to begin at 12 p.m. Pacific time, high noon, um, on Saturday, Vegas, Colorado, on Sunday, Philadelphia, Boston. Um, And about, I don't know, four seconds into the game, you could tell that um, Vegas, Colorado was not going to end well. And you were just hoping that that wasn't going to mean injury. The ice was melting. It was a disaster from beginning to um, premature end in the afternoon and they they decided to postpone the game from that was about 3 45 p.m. after the eastern time after the first period and the puck dropped second period at midnight um i i do have a lot of thoughts on this because it just makes me upset um i think that the the NHL will always be chasing the 2008 Winter Classic. The snow, Crosby in the shootout, Buffalo. It's freezing cold. It's thousand people. There's millions of people there. It's insane. It's great, and and Crosby wins it in the snow with the great jerseys. They're always going to be chasing that game, and there might maybe they'll never get there. I don't know. But this was a great, great, great idea to say screw the fans, screw everything else besides television. Let's have an event somewhere where. Sports in America have never been played before right on the base of these mountains in, in the lakes, in the West, on the West coast. They finally got some new blood out there. You know, it's not Chicago and Philly again, although Philly did play. Um, It's Vegas, Colorado, which is a really exciting fun matchup with young teams who will be going at it all season long. They played four times this week. They split the games, including the outdoor game and To start the game at high noon, I understand that it's a made-for-TV event, so you have to see the mountains. But if the game isn't happening, the made-for-TV aspect doesn't really matter because now the game isn't happening. Um, It was a complete disaster um, all Saturday afternoon. And from about 3 to 3.20, it was pretty cool. It was like, hey, the NHL really did this great. And then from about 3.20 to 5 o'clock p.m., 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, It was just a hammering of Gary Batman in the NHL. And, yeah, it was deserved because it was a complete and utter disaster.
1: Yeah, uh, you said it perfectly. A complete and utter disaster is the best way to describe this. Um, First, though, the the backdrop was gorgeous. Oh, it was incredible. Incredible. The view couldn't have any better. Yes, it was for TV, no fans, anything like that, which is okay, whatever. If if that's what the NHL wants to go with i'm okay with that and i like the idea that they did it in lake tahoe with the backdrop like that for um like like a remembrance standpoint like you'll always remember this game obviously now due to this eight hour delayed first intermission i guess you could call it but it's something that people are always going to remember but there were so many other ways that they could have went about it i feel like they just gary Bettman just forgot that the sun could melt melt ice. I mean, I mean, starting the game at at noon Pacific time was just crazy to me, and, and it forced them to move the next game back. They they moved, they moved the Flyers Bruins game back to Sunday night, which was realistically the only decision. And even in that game, the sun was still blaring in the players' eyes and
0: and off the ice. And well, that's just a reality of outdoor hockey, honestly. And that's okay. I think that the Sunday game went exactly as they wanted it to go. Right. Exactly. The sun's going down, the sunset over the mountains was incredible. Then they flick on the lights in the third period. It's great. Yep. But that game started at 430 Pacific time. That's a significant difference, especially in February. And, from new- and this isn't an astrology podcast, but we know that the sun goes down from 12 to 4:30 p.m. So I I just I don't understand why the first game wasn't originally started at 4:30 p.m. I honestly didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, okay, three o'clock. And then like, um, oh, that's great. That's a fair enough time to start in February. Not thinking they're in the Pacific time, so it's noon. Like, it never even crossed my mind Never even the cl- ice would be an issue. Never even came
1: into my mind. It, it Like, I, I, I don't know. I just – I don't know if that's fault on me either, but I, I just didn't even think about that. And, I mean, listening to the half uh, – not halftime, like the intermission while, while the game was delayed with Toriko and Gary Bettman – I mean, I, I thought it was interesting, and it it's it just something that had to be done. And even Nathan McKinnon was saying there was no thought of them even stopping. They thought they were just gonna keep playing and grind it out and muck it up during the game. And to hear that from a player that they thought they would have to play through those conditions is is crazy, in my opinion, because they couldn't they couldn't skate, they couldn't stand, they couldn't shoot the puck, they couldn't see the puck. It it was crazy. The the NHL has to do a better job at planning that. But I do give them props for trying it realistically getting it to work after the pause and without the t- uh if it didn't start at noon i think it would have went so smooth
0: yeah i agree um you know the second period ended at about twelve fifty-five p.m eastern and that's when i checked out um and it was very late um i <sighs> It's it was a disaster though. Like Bettman's sitting there in jeans, like leaning up against the boards, like, yeah, Mike, we're gonna have to postpone the game eight hours. Eight hours. Like, are you kidding me? This is a joke. And I I don't know. I mean, I think that the worst part of it, honestly, and I do believe this, and I've said this many times in the last three years, is where the game ended up on the dial. You know, you think three o'clock on NBC both days, like that's great. Like we're gonna get people who are just flipping through the channels, right? That's where NBC is on the dial. And then the game moves to midnight NBC is on. Okay. That's fine. It right? is one game. It happens, but the fact that the Sunday game gets pushed back to seven 30, doesn't get the NBC slot. They give that one to capitals devils. And then that game is on cable at seven 30 at night. I haven't checked the ratings, but I can't imagine anybody, anybody watched it because I don't know. I mean, you're just not going to flip over to NBCSN at 7:30 on a Sunday. It just, I don't know. It, it, it really, it's really just upsetting because I think that this is a really great idea, and, and honestly, I hope that they scrap the stadium series. I wouldn't say scrap the Winter Classic, but make this more common. Like, screw the fans. Screw his, the outdoor NHL experience, as in terms of being in the building cannot be that fantastic. I've never been personally. I don't know if you went to City Field or Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I'll stop I'll stop you, you there after this. You did? Okay. So is the in stadium experience for an outdoor game any good? It's awesome. Okay. It's Interesting. Really awesome. I went to Yankee Stadium
1: and I went to um City Field when they played the Sabres and won an overtime. Yeah, yeah, and I went to Rangers Islanders at Yankee Stadium. Okay, and it was uh, the best two games I uh, best two hockey games I ever went to. They, they're insane. The atmosphere, it's absolutely freezing out there, but it, it, it's so worth it, man. The fans, the you you can hear everything. Everyone's screaming. It, it is an awesome time, and that's something I definitely don't want the NHL to go away with. I do like the fact that it was something they tried, and I think they would have. Was it possible for them to have fans?
0: If they wanted to, or they only didn't have fans, cause I hope. think it would probably would have been a logistical nightmare getting that many people onto a lake. Like, yeah. so maybe they could have, maybe they couldn't have, but that also would have taken away from the view too, because it would have people behind the net. So I don't and know. I would like them to to have you know p- you know build a rink in Sheep's Meadow, and let's get Islanders, Rangers, in Central Park. Let's you know build They're a, a right rink. Of that like build a rink somewhere that's cool that like have do i want to play hockey in yankee stadium yeah of course but like i want to play hockey in central park i want to play hockey in lake tahoe like that's that is really like they they make the whole thing they always do like the doc emmerich piece before before the game starts it's like going back to the roots like the roots isn't flooding the outfield in the fifty thousand seat uh, Yankee 000 seat baseball stadium the roots is lake tahoe and man and shapes meadows a little bit not the roots out of it but you know what i mean so uh, I don't know that that's to me what I would prefer over the stadium series. And I think you could keep the winter class and can play those in the football stadiums on new year's day. I think that's great, but we don't need the stadium series. When we have the winter classic. So make it this like outdoor, like Mount, make it mountains one year, make it ocean one year, make it, you know, just random terrains. I don't know. Put one in Banff, Alberta. That's where the, This was originally going to be was in Alberta, but that didn't work out. So they moved it down to the States. So I think it's a great idea. I really do. And I, I wrote this in my piece for the Ram. I want them to do this next year. I don't I don't want that to, to take away, but this was an absolute disaster. And and both of those things can be true.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you for half of what you said. Um I, I definitely enjoy what they did. I want them to keep doing it, but I also want them to keep the stadium series because that is such an experience not only for the players, but I mean not only for the fans, but for the players as well. I've never heard an interview from a player who's played in a stadium series game that says I didn't enjoy it. Obviously the ice conditions are not as good as they are in a regular arena just due to the fact that it's outdoors, but like it, it is such a cool experience to be able to watch a hockey game outside in a stadium where you're not really used to seeing the game being played. And it's like you get all the fresh air blowing on you and like, the stadiums erupting when someone scores an overtime goal, it is a great time. And that's something I definitely want to see the NHL keeping up with. But to your point about them keeping the outdoor game like this, I also want them to do it. Like let's say do a game in Hawaii or something like that.
0: Like cool. Then we're really going to have an ice melting problem. (laughs) Cool spots (laughs)
1: where they have awesome backdrops and just good views for the fans to watch on TV with no fans there. And I think that would get tons of viewership, but they have to get the timing down right. They have to make sure the ins and outs of it are correct before they can try and air this and just make sure it goes smoothly like they want it to instead of having this eight hour delayed game after the first period and and stuff like that again. So as long as they can get the aspects of the game right and like what time and where it's going to be played on and what station, I think it could go perfect, honestly.
0: Yeah, I do. I do. Um I've I've heard some of you know non-hockey fan people say like I'm sick of these outdoor games. And I think that's because of an oversaturation, which is the only reason I really say like dump the stadium series, keep the Winter Classic in the baseball stadiums and and put the make change the stadium series to outdoors mm-hmm. and then keep the Winter Classic in Heinz Field and MetLife Stadium and you know the Bills stadium or whatever whatever it's called. So I, I think that they certainly could do that. Um, I, I also, you know, it's unfortunate that Minnesota lost their winter classic this year and hopefully they are redeemed next year and, and get to have it at, well, the Vikings play inside. So I guess they're having it where the twins play um, at the baseball stadium. I don't remember what it's called, but that, that could be a really fun, really, really fun game uh, having that outside. But I could also argue that, it'd be more fun to drive into Northern Minnesota and find some giant lake and, and drop a, drop a rink on there. I don't know. I feel like that, but, that probably won't be hard to find a giant lake. No, it would not be very hard to find a giant lake in, in, in Minnesota where they'll allow a hockey game to be played. Um, as for other things that happened this week, the Islanders beat the Sabres after losing two straight to the Penguins. Uh, so nice little bounce back on Monday night for them. And they, They take on the Bruins, who they've already beaten twice. They're one of the, like, four teams, I think, to beat the Bruins this year. So um, that should be a good one. And the Rangers bounced back with two wins against the Flyers, um, but now they lose Panarin, so we'll see how they respond uh, in their next game as well. But that's just kind of the housekeeping stuff. Um, Your thoughts on on the local guys this past uh, couple days? Yeah, I mean – Rangers have two big wins that
1: they just had, and they play tomorrow against the Flyers. Shesterkin's in net. I mean, he's played well. Mm. He's getting a lot of criticism for letting up a lot of goals, but I think he has certainly bounced back, and him and Georgiev are playing well together. But I still think the Rangers need to have that one consistent goaltender where they can go to game after game. And I know DQ said that a couple weeks ago that no matter how well they're playing, they're going to keep switching between the two. And – it really doesn't matter if, if one has two wins in a row, they're going the other one. But it seemed that he he kind of retracted that statement because he played Shesterkin two games in a row, then Georgie two games in a row, and Shesterkin's getting a start again tomorrow. So we have to see how he's going to play. We have to see how the team's going to react. With the Panera news coming yesterday, they haven't played since. Um, we really just have to see how they handle everything. There's going to be tons of line switches, Quinn said today in his press conference. Nothing is going to be 100%. Um, so, so we really just have to see how they handle that and bounce back from this.
0: Yeah, that, that will be interesting to see how kind of the lines jumble and they can find some new connections now that there's a glaring spot on the, on the left side of those forward lines. Um, another thing I just wanted to mention, Trevor egress local kid from Bedford, um, makes his NHL debut last night with the ducks, didn't have any points, but, uh, he was a stud in the world juniors. Uh, he was my pick to win the Calder. But he did not get called up until now, so it does not look likely. But does not look like his prediction will be heading? Yeah, that's that's a tough tough pick for me. But uh, he he did look pretty good. He got a couple power play shifts and whatever. So um, it's good to see uh, one of the local kids get up to the NHL, and uh, he's out there with Anaheim. Uh, and that's about all I have for this week, unless I missed something. Um, it was an eventful weekend <laughs> to say the least. Um, and although some of it was upsetting um i still do love outdoor hockey and um can't wait till next year on uh, january 1st bring me all the outdoor hockey as possible i'm telling you it's an awesome awesome time if you if
1: you have the chance chris go to a game i i I want to i do um
0: i wasn't i was on and say oh wow i should have never said that i guess i guess so um that islander ranger game was in the middle of the week from what i remember and I live a little ways from Yankee Stadium, so that would have been a tough one for me. And that's obviously the only one the Islanders have been in. Not that that's what I need to go to one, but I would like for them to be in it if I were to go to one. Um, and I was very upset that um, that the City Field game did not involve the Islanders um, and that the Sabres were the home team. I was very upset about that. So uh, I did not go to that one either. So we'll see if, uh, if they come back our way which they will of course we're in the northeast it's cold oh, every single day it snows all the time um it's so snowing now oh yeah it's snowing now okay, it's that. sun is up day ends and why so it's snowing all right uh that's gonna do it for us for mike messina i'm chris Hennessy and we will see you back here next week